0: Today on an all-new episode of Discologist, we're talking about music that we love from the band Oceanator, an oldie but a goodie from the band Poco, and a stellar new release from our good friend Phil Cook. So strap on your headphones, get ready, because we are back, baby.
1: kick us off and tell us a little I bit. I don't about think I am because you,
0: you're the you're you're also the host now I am yeah this is a legitimate co-hosting like experience I'm I'm, I'm partnered in let's uh, let's start by talking about well first of all uh, let's say uh, welcome back listeners I think I'm Kevin you're Eduardo um, we took a year off uh, when we did that, I didn't know how long I was going to, uh, take off. Uh, I did know I got sick of doing this and, but I also, I also wanted to make music. I wanted to get on the other side of things and, uh, mission accomplished. So, um, but, uh, on a recent visit, we realized that we actually like talking about music and making you the listener listen to us talk about music for some, <laughs> for some reason, uh no I, I think uh, there was what the previous show was was a lot about uh, community. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not that show. <laughs> this is this is this is just me and Eduardo now me and you. Um, we well, I mean we'll have people on occasionally, but this is this is a very different uh thing because one of the things I think we talked about it in the last episode of the old show was how. People talk about music and how it doesn't serve musicians. It doesn't serve anybody. Like in being on the being on all sides of this thing now, like I, I really like kind of feel that that pressure, and it changed what I listen to, how I listen to music, and everything. So I'm actually kind of excited because, um me personally, I, I have a new like vocabulary, like a, a new thing to pull for. I don't know about you, but I mean, you were you were gone for quite a while right yeah we you know i think when you and i were were talking
1: there were a couple of things that that we kept hitting on so so first of all as you said is just this feeling that like the a lot of the discourse around music is is just not all that good um mm. and it doesn't really benefit the listener and i think that was something that you and i really wanted to make sure that that the um once again retooled show would do which is to sort of you know uh, I think to kind of build on your community point, we, we did a lot that I hope was fun to listen to. It was clearly fun mm-hmm. for us to make it, and we had a lot of fun doing it. And I think what we would like to do is to uh, still have fun, but have it be yeah. kind of focused and actually benefit uh,
0: the people whose ears we're in right now. And, you know, benefit people by hopefully giving them something else to listen to. Like, like, well, and I, I don't mean us. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, this is yeah, so. Right so right. This is getting like this is kind of a new mission for us, you know. It's very easy for any outlet, and and look, we did this for five hundred episodes before, to just be like, here is the the top thing that's coming out. It's going to be across all the platforms. You are going to read it on gum, Pitchfork, Bandcamp. It's you know, it's that that's a standard yeah. thing. That's a really, I mean, I, I've been doing this for ten years now. This is literally like twenty twenty two is ten years of this show um and wow. i so i've seen that develop and it's really easy to fall into because there's so much music coming at you like there's so much music coming at us all the time whether no matter how you engage uh, you're kind of like cognitively obliterated by it there's no way to, way to slow down and like pay attention to it and when you do you just start to like think about it differently so part of the part of like my, my criteria is uh, and sorry, if we're boring, you, you listener, we you can skip ahead. We're, we're going to get to the show, but we want to like lay out what we're doing here. Uh, but part of my criteria is, is, is this something that I'm drawn to because of a personality or am I listening to it because of the actual work? And it's it's harder to do to yeah. th- the second thing. And when you do that though you find some like really not impactful but really like phenomenal work and and it feels like you get a little closer to the artist to artists in general and understand the the struggle of like creating yeah i think that i think everything you
1: just said reflects a specific set of values around what you and i like about music Mm -hmm. and other people may like different things about music. You know, um, to your to your point, we're not going to be. You know, before we covered Rihanna, we covered Beyonce, we covered Taylor Swift, yeah, yeah. we covered. Um, you know, as you said, the things that sort of the agenda that was set by the music uh, journalism gestalt, and and I think what we have a chance to do now a little bit is to maybe feed um, feed our own sense of what it is that that draws us to music, and this is what we were talking about. You know, we we enjoy discussing music we enjoy yeah. sharing music and uh and you know with that comes the opportunity to feel sort of closer to the source of creativity i love that dua lipa record um mm-hmm. but i have i harbor no illusions of ever uh and 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 in fact being part of a, a throng of people in a large arena uh you know doing the sort of typical pop fandom thing is not is not my it's not my right. habitat. Right, um, right, right. As 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 should be abundantly <laughs> clear. But uh, yeah. but 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 I think, you know, and that's and if and if that is your thing, then then that should that should stay your thing. Um but yeah. if you happen to listen to us and you're primarily a Dua Lipa listener, um or an Olivia Rodrigo or insert you know, person of of choice here. Um maybe we can liberate you from some of those hang-ups um, and from that yeah. idea that you have to listen to what is in front of you as opposed to that you are empowered to go out and discover new artists and that the best way to do that is by finding people uh, that, uh, you know, is people that you know and, mm-hmm. and, and getting getting their thoughts. And the other thing is just by sort of chasing uh, things down the rabbit hole as you and I often do and, and kind of finding artists uh, associated well, with other artists. and. All of this is going to be really relevant to the to the main, to the the kind of the feature today, I think, because it, it really comes out of yeah. that, that type of a
0: yeah. community environment. And, but and but ultimately, you, it just reflects our values. I think. The rabbit hole thing is interesting, too, because we've all had like an unfortunate opportunity to like do that more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can tell you, like two years ago, I did not ever go to YouTube. Um, it's not how I consume things. But now I'm like, I, OK, I need to uh, widen the base of stuff. Um and, yeah, like just sort of jogging people out of their I don't comfort zone isn't really the right word for that, you know, but like we get we get in ruts, right? We yeah. get in ruts where we're like we like what we like and that's the only thing we can see. And and even when we something else comes into that sphere of like our enjoyment, we color it with what we enjoy and be like, oh, that doesn't fit that. And instead yeah. of doing that, what 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 we want to we want to try to do, and, and I, I want to be clear: this show is basically for you and me, Ed. <laughs> it is, yeah. <laughs> this is, so you, you guys are just yeah. listening in, but but what, what we want to do is is like figure out a way, a method to not color it like that, and just let this stuff exist as, as it exists in the world.
1: Well, well, well said. So and, you know, and if we do it, if we do our jobs well, then then in a relatively short uh episode i know in the past we've gone we've gone long um, <laughs> yeah. we do not plan we we will no. not do that um no, we won't. but 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 hopefully in a relatively you know tight listen um we'll be able to get three different looks at at um yeah at just interesting music that um that you and i dig or in some cases might not dig um, and we get to talk about it, which is, which is since we can't go
0: to bars and have a few beers and argue about music, this is, this right. is how we this do it, is now. it. This is it. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, you know, to that point, it can be uh, new music. It can be old music. Uh, we're not ruling out big indie releases. Like the, if, if a piece of art is undeniably great, it's undeniably great. Like if we feel we need to talk about it, we're going to talk about it but um maybe 2021 wasn't the best year for that uh so you know there's there's nothing uh what we're going to talk about later I think is is an example of that but uh but yeah I you know and if you consider like one of the <laughs> we consider renaming the show uh one of them was crate diggers but another one was anything but the national so yeah, that's <laughs> that's, that's, that's that's where we're coming from here <laughs> um but uh but so so we're going to be doing that type of stuff and then uh maybe some deep dives later on you know spring is grateful dead season and we've it never is. talked about in the dark or built to last <laughs> the, the final two dead albums are fantastic and we, i don't think we have really talked about that so uh maybe maybe we'll do that when the spring comes up but uh that in mind let's get to the show this is the format we're going to be doing what, what's going to happen here uh, do we want to draw straws or do you who, who wants to go first here why don't
1: i um why don't i kick us off so we're not, okay do it uh yeah um, and that way you get you get to close the show. Uh, <laughs> so this is part of, um, you know, for part of the show, what we're going to do is we're each just going to bring a song uh, that we find interesting and, and that um, ideally the other doesn't know. So there's sort of an element of fun here of yeah. us trying to find uh, songs that, um, that each other will not know. And we're going to try to give you kind of a real time reaction as we listen to it for more or less the first time and kind of go through uh, what that song does or doesn't do for us. My my pick for the week, and and we Kevin, you and I talked a little bit about framing this up as sort of you know what we want out of music going forward mm-hmm. um, for this for this opening episode. And so I, I thought long and hard about that, and I landed on the song "I Would Find You" by Oceanator. And okay. I'll say to sort of set that up real quick um, that this was you know I saw this song live this fall um, at Songbird, not not far from here. And um, it was the most, it was a really strange show for me. It was, you know, I'd, I'd been to a bunch of shows alone. Sometimes you feel good at a show alone, sometimes you don't. And this yeah. this time I sort of didn't, wasn't quite, I don't know if I mistimed my gummy or something, but it was just not, it just <laughs> didn't feel, it just didn't feel great. And um, and um, I was enjoying the Oceanator set. Our friend uh, Joe um, from Songbird told me You're to laughing. get there early, for the um, yep. cheek face was the, was the headliner, and uh, he said, get there early to see Oceanator. And kind of mid-set, they bust this song out, and it completely, as I recall, it just completely arrested the room. It was one of those incredible live music moments that where a performer just sort of commands the room, and everyone's eyes are on that, and they're they're in that. And, you know, more so than, than the specific message of the song, which I think is great, and even the production everything, what I, what I want out of music is I want emotional clarity, I want uh, an artist to want to go for it, and I want those, those moments where live music just sort of transcends uh, the reality of a few people playing instruments and becomes instead right. a sort of collective experience. And I had that during the song, and that's why I'm picking it for my what I want for music going forward.
2: All right.
0: I would define you by ocean.
1: that was the lovely voice of elise mario kusami who is the principal uh, who is the songwriter and, and mm-hmm. sort of creative force behind oceanator um and i'm eager
0: to hear what you thought kevin i feel like right out of the gate this is a cheap shot dude you you know <laughs> first of all uh, anybody who's ever heard my voice uh knows how much i love 80s music mm-hmm. um go and, on and yeah and uh and now post-apocalyptic stuff and um no, there's a very uh, just that sentiment, um, is it's a overused trope, but when used correctly, like it, like it is there, it, it works. So much of like 80s revisionism, and well, they're in 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 the tens. What it was called was synth pop, right? Mm-hmm. And people were like, "It's 80s," and it's like, no, nah, just because you have a synth doesn't have doesn't mean it's 80s. That is, that has a very 80s vibe. Mm -hmm. Uh, to it and and it's in the construction of the songwriting it feels stripped down but at the same time the synth lets you know there's technology in there Mm -hmm. uh, which was a hallmark of the 80s there uh, you know our friends in the band um motorcade have an album coming out this year do a very similar thing and and i don't know how to explain it to artists Uh, like you kind of just have to feel the difference but when you hit it you hit it like that's coming out, but that was in 2021, right?
1: I believe this album came out in, I think most of it was written in 19. It was released in 20, oh, wow. I want to say. Yeah. Okay. So it was, it was pre, it was not, it was not, uh, the apocalypse wasn't happening now. Right, although right, the world right, right, right. Well, was that's still even, a that's terrible even, That's place. even better. So, yeah.
0: you know, uh, and that that is pointing towards, I, I guess, what I hope is going to happen, that you have music that comes out that feels a little timeless. Yeah. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. if, if you hear this on a John Hughes soundtrack, or yep. say swap swap it out for any song of Pretty and Pink, which you are now familiar with, um, <laughs> right. you know, and and and, it, and it's going to work. Yeah. Um. And and I, th- I think that's a good thing. Well, <laughs> when you, I
1: think when you land something like this, it's just it's just about finding something yeah. true, you know. And they and they've and 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 this song gets at that. Um, If. You know, I I did I did at the merch table sort of accost Elise and say, you know, mm-hmm. that song was a banger. Show me which record it's on because yeah, uh, I need all the versions of that. Um, it's not necessarily if uh, you know, I, I'd encourage folks to go out and check out the rest of their uh, catalog. Um, it's not that song is not particularly representative uh, representative of, of of their sound, but it's an example of of what they do.
0: Um, how, how, how live? They're they're great live. How would you describe the sound of the rest of the album? like it's if, I, if of, I'm going to dive into it like after we finish this. Yeah,
1: I would I would I would describe it as kind of m- m- more it's 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 harder. It's harder. It's, harder, it's less it's less okay. synthy. Um and and there's, you know, there's 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 more of that kind of um you know, that sort of typical post-punk, you know, whatever. I I sort yeah. of always struggle with like indie alternative whatever. It's it's it they mm, they sound yeah, yeah. like a sort of harder but but kind of melodic um indie band and i think a lot of that is is to is to elisa's credit she really seems like a sort of singular creative force and and um clearly you know i think that song kind of hints at at um other facets of uh, of the band that that we yeah might see come forward
0: yeah i will when it's safe i'll go out and see them uh, you know yeah. they, i think i'm i'm almost you know, i am positive i missed that show they played here at cactus club oh, and wow. they played yeah. here right around the time you were here Oh bummer! yeah, yeah um I think, but uh-huh. I will have to uh i'll have to pay more attention yeah that 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 track goes that uh i'm I'm excited to actually check out more of that um so we're both looking back a little, I'm looking back uh-huh. a little further, yeah, <laughs> how far uh, back are we going kevin well we're we're going we were talking about music discourse, and uh a big thing that that music fans like to do is like hate on music for reasons that don't have anything to do with the art. This is a huge pet peeve of mine. Um, it, you know, a, a really easy example is people like Jimmy Buffett sucks. <laughs> well, we're, we're probably going to do an episode down the line <laughs> <laughs> and, and lay that out to where that's not entirely true. And, and there's a big difference between what is your subjective, uh, what you enjoy and objectively what is like good or bad in music. You know the two. It gets so it gets so fucked up because the two coexist in in the way that they don't really uh, as potently exist in in other art forms. You know because you're you're experiencing you have to experience it in real time. If you're looking at a painting, it's just there. There's a there's a right. level of, of staticness to it. But music, it's it's flowing and and it, and it can be. Uh, we're, we'll talk about this soon it can be uh like ambient even though it's not ambient music not not capital a ambient Mm -hmm. um but um so this is this is kind of that uh the track and and the track i want to play is called find out in time it's by a band called poco uh which you know if you're older you you have heard of poco uh they they sort of like poco and the eagles were chasing each other's tails and uh, randy meissner Well, Poco, first of all, was the wreckage of uh, Buffalo Springfield. And um, Randy Meissner joined up uh, with Richie Fury and Jim Messina. And then in the middle of recording the album, Randy Meissner leaves, goes to the Eagles. This guy, Timothy B. Schmidt, joins up on bass. Uh, By the time this album came out, Indian Summer in 1977, uh, Timothy Timothy B. Schmidt left to replace Meissner again in the Eagles. So Meissner left the Eagles and stuff. Um, and this is one of those things where I think it, when you go down the rabbit hole, uh, this is how this this works and this benefits. I heard a song that wasn't this just in the shower one day on one of my algorithm stations, right? So it's no surprise mm-hmm. that that would be in there. <laughs> and I, But I never heard it, and I, and I was like, and it wasn't this song. The song I heard was Indian Summer, which is fantastic. But then I started to like listen to it more, listen to it lounging like in the backyard, reading a book or something, and and really it it sums up a lot of what the seventies is about to me and how and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about this, <laughs> but how how a little misguided uh, a lot of uh, these so called love songs were, but this song this first verse. Uh, ain't it funny how a good day flies when you're high? It makes you feel like you're so together. You don't know why. It's such a difference from days come by, and you wish it could go on forever. I can tell you, hearing that in the middle of a fucking pandemic uh, is, is magic. And so uh, this is what it actually sounds like when somebody can sing.
2: so together You don't know why There's such a difference from days gone by And you wish it could go on forever All I really want to see is you in the night Give me something to believe in, so hang on tight and drive the devil right from my side and I'll Go on
0: I, I love how uh, that cha- that takes a sharp r- right turn into Marshall Tucker Band territory <laughs> as far as the content. What was wrong with dudes in the '70s that they were like, "I love you, but I, I'm not going to tell you that." And maybe maybe I'll be traveling on. You see my boots by the door. They're by the door. They're by the door. Oh, I'm staying here. What? I've been here for ten years. I don't understand it. Like I, it is it is one of the most like evil and like underlying tropes of like all 70s music just a specific type of dude who is that yeah it it, it, the song (laughs) is kind of dripping
1: with uh with a kind of passive aggressiveness that's um right that's really um really uh borderline toxic um i i guess it's worth pointing out that i mean this is an album named indian summer for a bunch of white dudes in the 70s so yeah there's um there's there's already some some things that are that are challenging about it that that being said um you know, this was not my first time hearing that because this was one of the records that uh you reached out to me mid pandemic and said, Oh my god, I'm going down
2: a po, po- Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I can't even say it without laughing, but you were you were you were going down a poke hole and uh it was great. Um and I listened to this album Driving Up Route One, um yeah, yeah. just uh just a couple months ago and it was a lovely listen with the Pacific at my left and mountains to my right. Um uh, just from a production kind of aesthetic standpoint, it's just it's just such a such a gorgeous thing that they made. Um, yeah,
0: it's a little it's a little unfortunate that it sort of goes into the like, well, you know. <laughs> and, and and if you if you look through the rest of the Poco catalog, your your results are going to vary. Like, you know, it's a, I I've explored it and uh, I did it with the headspace of like, I'm just going to appreciate what they do. Um there's highs and there's lows there's definitely lows uh in there, but they uh w- what's fascinating to me about this song in particular um the title track like i said is is something you just need to discover if you haven't heard it it's It's a magical song, but uh this seemed to set the template for a lot of what started the burgeon in in like the early two thousand two thousand tens like Americana stuff and what people are doing and not quite new grass. I don't, I don't think that would be, but, but really like people who go out there and are bluegrass tinged are sound, are sounding a lot like this. And, and you have to understand these guys, these players were the best in the business.
1: Yeah, it does. Um. So, so I, I for sure hear, a lot of echoes of, of of this, and this is one of those bands that's sort of hiding in plain sight. I mean, if you yeah. you know to to go back to the point of just like if you if you sort of go down the family tree of musicians that you like, um, eventually you're going to end up uh, at Poco, I think, um, <laughs> because because most roads uh, in some way lead to the Eagles, and um, and that'll get you here. Yeah. Um, but you know, I I, I think uh, I think ultimately um, it's it's a song that that stands out to me a little bit because there's also a kind of um you know despite all the sort of shitty dude stuff that we talked about there's also the kind of like you know put out or get out uh implication somewhere i think like i need you to show me or something like that yeah give me something to believe in so hang on tight uh (laughs) that being said there is there is a there is sort of a sweet ambivalence to the you know guess we'll find out in time sentiment the idea that you know we don't we don't know where the story's going and uh
0: and that that rings true also I think we're in agreement. The only people who did that right was uh, Mike and the Moon Pies. Yes. Yes. Here, yeah. here. Yeah, so, so that was that. So, uh, Oceanator, uh, I would find you. What album is that off of? It is
1: the, um, it is their. I, I believe it's, it's a self titled. Um, self titled? Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a beautiful record. It's, it's, uh, it's got a blue cover. Um, and uh, your local record store should have it. I believe, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Shit. I should have known this. It is called Things I Never Said. Yeah, things I never said. Um, okay, it does. It does. I'll say that. Emo- like from an emotional standpoint, that album does have a kind of uh, sort of darkness and apocalypticness running through it, even though it was written pre-pandemic. And that's that's another thing that I think will help it land
0: uh, with folks. Yeah, cool. So go out and get that. And then uh, go out and get Poco's Indian Summer. It's on streaming. You can get your own vinyl copy for like five bucks. (laughs) (laughs) They're not hard to find. I just I just I
1: just just found a used Poco record in in, uh, New York City a couple weeks ago. So yeah, okay. So
0: so uh, we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we are going to talk about uh, I think one of our favorite albums of last year, uh, all these years, by our friend Phil Cook. That is a little bit of uh, Bicycle Kids off of Phil Cook's all these years. Uh, Phil uh, is a friend of ours. Um, And we're actually thinking about having on to talk about this. We're going to have him on later because this will come out on vinyl, I think, around April. So there's things we want to talk with Phil about. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) But we want to talk about this because it it was such a remarkably affecting uh, album. I think for both of us, it was a surprise album. I think it was a surprise for Phil a little bit starting in about uh, 2015. Um, he, had, he had played in Megaphone. He, he produced Blind Boys of Alabama at this point. But he really was trying to define uh, his own career and break out uh, in that avenue and put out this remarkable album called Southland Tales, um, which I believe back then we said uh, sort, sort of set the standard for, like, modern Americana. Uh, and I still I stand by that. A couple years later, uh, he put out People Are My Drug. Uh, and he's had he has a live series going right now um, what was the uh, he put out one instrumental album called As Far As I Can See. There's all his guitar work and it's sort of like these guitar demos that anybody who's a musician knows you sit there and you record this stuff. You're like, ah, nobody would like it. Well, Phil put it out and people were like, hell, yeah, this is great. Um, since then, he has put out a gospel album <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, or produced a gospel album called Stay Prayed Up. Um, there's a film that goes along with that. Started a record label, uh, spiritual helpline, uh, which is kind of associated with psychic hotline, which is Nick and Amelia's thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I don't know if you saw any of the, the the Sunday services during the pandemic, but they were amazing. Uh, he would sit. He would sit in his room at that piano, like that he recorded some of this on, and he would just play gospel records and talk. Yeah. It, it, it was it was is pure Phil. First of all, <laughs> I I don't know that
1: we did this on Mike, but but I think when we when we talked with him a few years ago, uh, we somehow got onto gospel music, and his yeah. his knowledge of gospel music is encyclopedic. I mean, he he is someone who who is not sort of a dilettante in this. He really does take it seriously, and and I think celebrates it as music that is born out of. Uh, out of pain and longing and a desire for uh you know for for justice and for yeah. um and for you know sort of deliverance from 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 terrible things um the the this this record hits like a really kind of it's like having a really contemplative companion in the room with you yeah and and i think it 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 hits you know you and i talked um pre hiatus uh about how we were we were tend we were we were sort of tending and, and and favoring uh music that was not necessarily trying to tell you something, but rather music that was inviting you to express how you feel and to be in dialogue with it. And, you know, mm-hmm. props to international anthem and other folks putting yeah, out just yeah. great music that allows you to sort of sit and contemplate and think. And and this record is is up there. Um for me at least i think it 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 really pulls together a lot of what i like from solo piano albums which is sort of its own genre um and it's almost became its own pandemic genre you know ludovico anauddi had had a great uh mm-hmm. solo piano thing brad brad meldau put out that um yeah, that's right that that lovely quarantine record um and uh and 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 this one really brings together, you know, Phil's soulfulness, um his his attention to melody. There's something about the way he structures his songs and the way he uses kind of harmony and chord progressions that just mm-hmm. really lands for me and and really feels like it's coming from sort of like the marrow of music. I can't
0: I can't do the science on it, maybe you can, but I just I, I I don't think there's science to be done, but I think it's it's similar to like, you know, we talk about players uh for us I think the closest analog here would be uh talk about like guitar players like Jerry Garcia. You know, when you hear him, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that that is um, you can say that's authentic. You can say I, you know, there's lots of words for it. But um, it's just when you hear somebody, you know, that's them no matter what they're doing. And I don't know if Phil Cook actually like worked on that or it just like it actualized. But across these four albums and all the work that he's done you know, if he's touching an instrument um, and, and, and it, it generates a level of trust in in what you're going to get. If he puts out something, if he puts something in front of you, um, you know, whereas a lot of artists are working towards uh, or getting on a Spotify playlist, for example, or, you know, trying to create something that's going to fit into some box Phil's created this whole, like, world around him, and it just, like, like you said, it's, it sits in the room with you. It's and, such a... Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's just, you know, we already said the thing about ambient music, but it is... It's not background music. It could be background music, but it's not, and it, it just... It lives in your space in a way that makes you comfortable. Well said. Well said. It, it um
1: seems to um it seems to pull together you know you can hear other elements of of Phil's work in here you can hear that kind of soulfulness mm-hmm. you can hear um a really great instinct for kind of uh you know sort of brighter shinier melodies um the record has a sort of even even brighter songs like like bicycle kids mm-hmm. there's something a little bit melancholy to me about it maybe more than a little bit uh, the cover yeah. art is is suggestive of of that of that melancholy um, feeling. It, it, you know, what it, it it was interesting to read that that this was his kind of return to the piano after talking to Bruce Hornsby about um, about this and being encouraged to go, sort of go back to his original instrument. Some of these pieces reminded me a little bit of of, of the kinds of things of the kinds of pieces that you would um, as a student would would learn to play, and you might not use it in a different setting. It's really just a sort of Um, learn techniques and to kind of, um, and, and, and some of those things are just absolutely lovely. And so that's, that's not to suggest that these are sort of simple or in any way, uh, sort of, you know, um, not, not professional, but I do think there's a, there's a fair amount of, in some ways, putting something like this out to me feels more vulnerable than,
0: for sure. Yeah. Than South, you know, his cousin, uh, worked on this, uh, Brian Joseph, and he recorded it, so they basically just set up mics around this this great hall in North Star Church. And um, there's a lot of work done in the background as far as like turning mics on and off. Uh, you get some ambient noise, so you get uh, a sense of space, which always works, but you don't you don't necessarily need it. Um, there was a video that he put out, and it wasn't part of the spiritual helpline. Uh, series, but he put out this video of him doing exercises on the piano, mm. and it was just like two minutes long. And it, you immediately, like, if you've seen that, you understand like where a lot of this stuff comes from. It's just working out. It's sort of like um, free association mm-hmm. um, with writing and stuff. You just keep saying words and saying stuff and saying, and eventually, like, something like bubbles forth, and that's. You know, and it comes out, and for Phil, this is what comes out, and and again, no surprise, it just sounds exactly like him. I, I think what the only thing that's off about this album is that if you look at the cover, that's probably literally the only time anybody has seen Phil Cook without a jean jacket on. <laughs> 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 but but uh, you know that it means it's serious, it's melancholy, but uh, no, it's it's just um, I. We are biased a little bit because you know we do know them, but it' it it's just remarkable to me um, that anybody would see making something like this as a risk because first of all, it's not long. Second of all, like you, you just you will engage with it, but you don't you don't have to to, to get it, right. Like well and there is that there is that fine line where something is like dumbed down to the point that you're like I don't have to think about this I at can all. just
1: I I can look through it I can hear yeah
0: yeah and it's but this is very different this is where like it, it, it's it's resonating and vibrating on the frequency that you want to be on um, to, and maybe you didn't even know you wanted to be on that frequency
1: well I've I've listened to it in a bunch of different environments um, driving you know. Mm. Soaking in the bathtub, um going for a walk on a very cold day, and it 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 works in all of those and i and I think that um, you can certainly listen to it to it casually. um I would encourage folks who are going to check this out to listen to it on on headphones or listen to it closely because there yep. are these beautiful little textural details that you get from the room during the song "Queen of Branches." um about a minute or so in you start to hear some some birds chirping in the background and it's it's the most fill thing that birds would start chirping during a song called queen of branches and so yeah. phil i don't know if i i don't think that was an overdub i think that really happened but it speaks to how phil is just kind of resonating with the world's frequency even when he's doing stuff that's fairly quiet and and kind of internal there's still this way in which the world is saying hey we're in we're in sync we're on we're on the same frequency let's hear
0: a little bit of that that is an that is absolute highlight of the album um and it ties together a lot of the themes that had happened already and then sort of hints at what's coming up. So here's a little bit of Queen of Branches. talk enough about music as therapy
1: i i think when they hear this song they probably would because that is a deeply healing song even the way the 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 melody resolves you know your your brain starts to beg for that sort of descending uh Mm -hmm. lilt in the in the kind of melody statement and when it comes it just feels like there's just a beautiful dopamine release or something that happens when when
0: that when that melody resolves it's it's absolutely gorgeous yeah yeah he in our last conversation, he, we talked about uh, his his concept of the tree. It was actually what I wanted to like talk with him about because I have some addendums now being ah. you know, <laughs> playing in that space. Um, but uh, I f- feel like this is this, that song specifically is is pretty close to the source. Yeah. Um, you know, I you know I I don't want to advocate for anybody to say use drugs, but. If you were to say, take a gummy, <laughs> um, if that is legal in your state or city or town, um, and just put this on uh, or put, even put that song on or repeat, I feel confident it's going to fix some shit. Um, I, I know it has for me. Um, it's th- There's something about the math of it that mm-hmm. is, I don't have the language to translate. I don't. I don't think Phil does, in in a way other than he does translate it, like in, in a verbal way. I don't think he has a way to translate it. But there's something about like the math of of how this and all these pieces work together that is just out there. Like seems to like to heal people, which is what Phil is out there for. He'll tell it you is. that. Like like yeah. that's 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 his whole whole thing is that he he is doing this because uh, it can heal people and make them feel better and lift people up and uh and yeah i it's every record i am astounded at the creative leap he takes
1: it, it, he's really he's really built an interesting body of work um, under his own name, and then as you were hinting at, you know, I was listening to the Branchats record as we were getting mm-hmm. ready to tape today, and that's that's just such a lovely uh, gospel moment. Yeah. And I don't listen to yeah. a lot of gospel, but you can then sort of chase Phil through all of his other projects where he's been, you know, a session person or a side guy or even or even mm-hmm. part of a band. And um, and I think there's probably a lot to be said for learning about. Your approach to crafting a song when you're working on someone else's songs too, and I think, yeah, bringing that sense of respect to your own work is probably a really interesting thing to do, um, as well as you know taking ownership over your stuff and saying this is yours. But, um, but you know the way he works that sort of, that kind of, um, you know flattened fifth, uh, bluesy thing into the into the Queen of Branches melody is just done so thoughtfully and so delicately. And it, it's, it really it's almost just, a wink.
2: Yeah, it is. You know, it's it almost he's playing.
0: He's yeah. like, "Hey, buddy, how you doing?" <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like, it's it's, yeah. a, it's, it's remarkable. And that, I mean, that's it, again. Uh, yeah, I, I hope if you're listening to this, you've had a chance to have a conversation with Phil Cook because you know that's just like, yeah, it's it's that's how Phil rolls. Uh, it's just fascinating to see him be able to put this down on tape because it's hard. Like that's really hard yeah. Yeah, to like capture capture your essence um not just to where you're satisfied with it but to, like other people can immediately pick up on it the world needs more of that yeah I he's mean, four for four man. <laughs> yeah yeah as far as I'm and, concerned, and I've,
2: that,
1: uh, I've had a number of people over the last few months ask me about music that is specifically you know that does not have vocals and music that is specifically for sitting and processing, or sitting and thinking, or just sitting and being. And if you've been looking for stuff like that, there's a good chance we'll talk about m- more of it. Um, yeah. As the show goes on, but this is a this is this needs to be in your collection if you want something that will that will just allow you to be and allow
0: you to be in dialogue with yourself and with the music. Yeah, yeah, I think that, that sums it up. Uh, that is it for this first show back. Uh, I don't think we know what's coming up and that's okay. We have no idea. In fact. We have no idea. Like, <laughs> well, we have no idea for two, uh, one segment, but we, you know, uh, yeah, we, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna go bi-weekly. So this isn't going to be every week cause it's, that's a drag. Um, and, uh, we're gonna step off these mics. We're going to dig into some music. We'll talk sometime next week, Eduardo, and figure out, oh, yeah, what are, what are, what are we listening to? And hopefully uh, you guys will come back and uh, see what we came up with. So uh, thanks for listening. Uh, that one guy who listened to all 500 episodes, I'm sorry this isn't that show. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, you got anything to add? No, uh, you said it perfectly. Okay, we're out. It's um, good to be back. We will see you soon.